All right, well, hey there, everybody. John here with Crypto Top 10 coming at you with another video of trending articles in the crypto news space. As always, straight off the top, thank you to everyone who has subscribed. Really do appreciate it wherever you're finding this content. And down in the description, there'll be some links you can follow. So that way you can do your own research and uh, not just listen to talking internet heads like myself. Read from uh, talking internet heads from a different location. Do your own research on everything, everything, everything. But let's get rolling. We got to talk about some Aave, some Cardano, some OMG, some Ethereum, and what India is up to. So let's hop on in. First up is going to be Aave. Version 2 is releasing. So they just uh, unveiled it. I was checking it out a little bit before this video. Seems pretty nice. Um, it's adding some interesting features to the DeFi space. Uh, so in DeFi assets that were being used as collateral, i.e. put in so that way uh, you could earn interest on them and fees and all that fun stuff, were completely tied up. Uh, with version 2, you are now actually going to be able to trade your collateralized assets, which is pretty darn nice. Uh, they can trade their deposited assets across all currencies supported in the Aave protocol, even while being used as collateral. Pretty, pretty darn nice. Uh, allowing the trading of locked assets is going to add methods for liquidation protection. Uh, also, it's Aave's version 2 is also going to be having multiple other advancements, including improving flash loans, uh, the use of collateral for reconciling loans. Uh, basically, those things remove steps and transactions from the equation. And since these smart contracts are pretty complex, even if you can remove a step, that's probably a dollar worth of the gas fee, so it saves the user money, it improves the experience, and makes it more accessible. I mean, good. Uh, other updates are going to be flash liquidations, batch flash loans, debt tokenization, native credit delegation, gas optimization, and borrowing rate variations. So uh, Aave is doing a lot of stuff with this transition. Um, the token price is doing pretty darn well if you ask me uh give it a quick look here i know it's been uh definitely a higher performing one Ave, what you doing Ave is currently sitting at 87 dollars i think at one point it was in the 30s so uh it's doing pretty darn well if you ask me definitely an asset to keep an eye on i really do think this is a DeFi protocol that is here to stay ave and wi-fi are two of my favorites um do your own research obviously but i really really like ave uh full disclosure i do have a small bit of ave like less than 25 let's just go with that uh, but we're going to hop on over, talk about Cardano. Uh, small steps, but big improvements. So in the next big protocol upgrade that's planned for Cardano, it's going to bring token locking to the blockchain, which is a feature that will prepare the platform for smart contracts and native assets. However, the most important thing about token locking will enable a voting mechanism that uh, is going to be the cornerstone of Voltaire, which is their governance functionality. Uh, so this development change called Allegra is going to be happening alongside the integration of metadata on the network, which we've talked about on the channel before. It does allow for some additional uh, 
information to be stored and recorded. It's quite nice. Uh, it's going to be representing the next significant upgrade for Gogan, which is their smart contract onboarding. Uh, token locking, while it's pretty small overall in terms of the grand scheme of things, uh, it's going to have a significant impact on the platform. According to IOHK, token locking will be happening behind the scenes and won't expect impact or affect the experience of any of us token holders. Uh, so what token locking will bring to Cardano is the ability to record that a specific token issued on the network is being used for a particular purpose. This will be especially important uh, once more tokens are being issued on top of Cardano, which will be happening quite a bit once uh, Gogan goes live. As locking will enable a certain number of tokens to be reserved for a specific period of time, they'll be able to gain a significant benefit. Uh, first time token locking will be used within the Voltaire mechanism. Uh, it's part of the Project Catalyst Fund 2 voting. Uh, users holding ADA that want to participate in the voting process will have to lock, <laughs> token lock, lock, there you go, some of their funds in order to participate in the voting system. These locked tokens will represent the user's voting rights and prove that they have a certain number of votes. This means that individuals won't be able to allocate more votes than they actually hold, vote on contradictory ideas, or duplicate their votes. Nice, safe, and secure voting. How about that? Ooh, quite quite nice. So good on Cardano. Uh, overall, the big news here is going to be this Allegra upgrade. It's going to definitely move things forward, but we can't overlook the small things that are going to create ripple effects, which would be token locking. So hopping on over, OMG, uh, they just got bought out by Genesis Block Ventures. So it's the Genesis Block Ventures, or GBV, is the investment arm of Hong Kong-based trading company Genesis Block, uh, formerly known as Omniize Go. OMG Network facilitates transactions on the Ethereum blockchain by handling them off-chain, thus operating as a trustless, non-custodial, two-layer, or sorry, layer two scaling solution. So they are one of the many options you have with Ethereum, so that way you can try to get around some of the crazy transaction fees that are going on and things like that, making Ethereum enterprise ready. So earlier today, which this article was last updated on the 4th, so I'm gonna assume that was correct, uh, the uh, OMG network has become the company's first major acquisition. The firm describes itself as an investment company with the mission of building the future through blockchain that has a wide reaching um, and vibrant blockchain ecosystem. Cool. Uh, the venture firm plans to leverage the OMG network's blockchain to enhance its accelerated growth and further increase adoption in Asia and beyond. Uh, a lot of places are focusing in on Asia. Uh, you know, IOHK is input output Hong Kong for Cardano. Azilica is very, very much focused on Southeast Asia. It makes sense. It is very dense population wise and very diverse culturally so it's kind of a interesting test bed and then once you've gotten past uh, that there's a large user base and maybe expand to the western countries and you also got south korea thrown in the mix which is highly technologically advanced and japan on top of that uh once this happened though uh omg surged 20 percent just minutes after the announcement went live uh, but it's kind of calmed back down. It's retraced back to pretty much where it was. It was kind of just like an, oh my God, 
oh, what does this mean? So people got their money and then they got out. Still, quite interesting to see that uh, a network has been bought out. It's one of the more, pri you know, it's not a truly decentralized trust. Like, truly decentralized network, OMG, it's more of, you know, a lot of Ethereum developers have worked with it. I know Vitalik's been involved with OMG in the past to get this Layer 2 solution going on to help with Ethereum's congestion problems. But that'll be that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, let's hop on over and talk about Bitcoin's price. What do you think Bloomberg thinks it's going to be? Yeah, so... Uh, Bloomberg's predicting Bitcoin could hit 50 2021 in what I consider to be a very, very conservative estimate. Uh, Bitcoin's currently trading at 19,000, so 50K, would it be uh, doubling like two and a half times? I think that's conservative personally, but hey. Uh, according to Bloomberg, Bitcoin will maintain its propensity to advance in price into 2021, in our view, with macroeconomic, technical, and demand versus supply indicators supportive of $50,000 target resistance, implying about a $1 trillion market cap. A $1 trillion market cap for Bitcoin would be pretty good. I believe gold is currently sitting around $9 trillion. Someone in the comments will correct me if I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I think eventually Bitcoin is gonna be on par with gold, which would put us at a 450 to $500,000 Bitcoin if I'm right that gold has a $9 trillion market cap. Just saying, that's pretty darn nice. Um, uh, notably, they cite uh, Grayscale, which I have multiple times on this channel. Uh, it's recently breached the $10 billion level with assets under their management. The vast majority of that $10 billion is Bitcoin. The trust has bought up nearly 70% of all new Bitcoins that have been mined since May of this year. One firm has bought up 70% of new Bitcoins. Just saying. Uh, when uh, and this was when crypto underwent its third halving, Bitcoin being the crypto in question. Uh, Grayscale is owned by the Digital Currency Group, which is also the parent company of Coindesk, which is where I got this article from. So it's kind of weird, but you know, such is life. Uh, Bloomberg analysts are saying they expect the trends to continue into 2021 as major central banks and governments are unlikely to scale back or halt their inflation-boosting stimulus programs anytime soon. That is pretty true, even with these inbound vaccines coming. Uh, my understanding is that they require two doses and like three or four weeks before you become immune. So it's definitely, um, it's gonna be a long process. Two doses means they have to be stored, prepared, distributed. So the vast majority of us probably aren't going to be seeing any true relief from this until well into 2021. Just saying. Uh, history looks to be repeating itself as Bitcoin's recent move to a record high of $19,920 has happened roughly seven months following the May 11th reward having. Similar price action has unfolded 
following the July 2016 supply reduction. So basically after every halving, there's a shock, a fluctuation, and then a trend higher. Because as supply decreases and demand only increases, it just magnifies. Uh, while the odds appeared stacked in favor of the bulls, the cryptocurrency remains vulnerable to a March-like panic sell-off in the global equity markets. I'm, it's looking less and less like we're going to see something like that, even if the United States goes back into pretty much a full lockdown to help slow the spread until the vaccines are ready. I don't see the stock market dumping below that March level. I don't see Bitcoin going below $10,000. Um, I think that's pretty much an ironclad support level at this point, but I'm some dude in his basement. What do I know? Uh, but moving on to some, oh, just some funny news. So Fox Business had on Jimmy Nugan, who's a very, very strong supporter of Bitcoin SV, uh, my favorite trash coin. Uh, they had him on the Fox Business, and it looks like it got cut pretty short because he kept criticizing Bitcoin. And on top of that, I feel people are like, I think this guy might have been brought on because they thought he represented Bitcoin. <laughs> so this happened on the 3rd. Uh, on Fox Business's Varney & Co. to discuss the increasing interest around Bitcoin, but the interview came to a pretty abrupt end after about two minutes. Uh, introduced as the, quote, Bitcoin Association founding president, Yugen repeatedly took shots at Bitcoin in response to questions from host Stuart Varney suggesting that Bitcoin was being increasingly used for payments. Yeah. Look, this is a funny story and I love it but it makes sense he's backing Bitcoin SV but he founded the Bitcoin Association uh, Bitcoin Cash does the same thing it's the same reason like Bitcoin Gold and Bitcoin Diamond spiked up rapidly in the last bull run when new money floods into the market and new people get interested they're not aware of the slight differences between these coins and just how massive those differences can be and the fact that bitcoin sv and bitcoin are two completely totally separate entities even though they both share the same name it confuses people so i'm not bashing on fox for this or the producers behind it other than this is a large company and a large business and someone probably should have done a bit more research because there's no mention of Bitcoin SV in either the graphics, the introduction, or the interview itself, leading to speculation that the host or the producers, or probably both, may have been unaware that the Bitcoin Association president was actually an advocate for the controversial, uh, very controversial fork, SV. Uh, asked by host Stuart Varney if he thought Bitcoin's use as a currency was continuing to expand, he replied, no, I disagree. <laughs> so, no. Uh, he took a lot of shots, criticized its inability to scale on the main culprit behind the $7 transaction fees that prevent it from being used as a currency on everyday transactions. Uh, he also uses brief time on air to reject Bitcoin's store of value narrative while claiming that it had, it had been driving up the price recently. As an example of what, in his view, is an incorrect usage of Bitcoin, in his mind, it should be used as a payment asset, not as a store of value. And on that, Bitcoin's original intent 
was to be a decentralized, trustless, peer-to-peer -peer payment system. However, it was the one of the first of its kind. It's the largest thing that's been going, and the code that it was written on is over 10 years old in some cases. You know, there have been updates along the way, but smart contracts did not exist when Bitcoin was invented. Bitcoin precipitated that involvement. The peer-to-peer -peer electronic payment system at a global scale does not work with Bitcoin because Bitcoin was not designed with that level of scaling in mind, which is why we have, you know, Ethereum and Cardano and these second and third and fourth and starting to see, you know, maybe even fifth generation cryptos coming around now that can do these things so much better. At Bitcoin, we owe a huge debt because it launched this whole thing. But Bitcoin's becoming a store of value because it's so ubiquitous and popular and you can use it for large business transactions, but average day-to-day -day stuff, uh, it's sluggish, it's slow. If Starbucks is okay that I send them $2 worth of Bitcoin and then walk out of the building and it shows up 20 minutes later, if they're cool with that, I'm cool with that. But when other cryptos can do that in a minute or 30 seconds, or 10 seconds, or you can get a notification that the tra the unconfirmed transaction has you know hit and it's going through validation. There's all these different things. I just, I gotta laugh. It's just, this is crypto. I love it. Where else would you see a major primetime network making a mistake on this level? But enough of that. Let's hop on over. Hmm. My child is thrashing around on the baby monitor, but not crying, so I'll give him that. Cool. All right, so India, which has been, uh, you know, we're getting close to about a year here, less than 10 months, barely 10 months, eh, about a year, after the Indian Supreme Court lifted the Royal, uh, the Royal Bank of India's ban on cryptocurrency transactions, fresh reports from yesterday revealed that the country's tax authority is now keeping a close watch on crypto trade as Bitcoin's price continues its bullish trend. According to local media, the Indian tax department is already in possession of data belonging to investors who invested in Bitcoin or crypto through banking channels before the RBI's ban in 2018. Uh, the development is coming after data shows a tremendous increase in crypto trading activities in India. Since the crypto ban was lifted earlier this year, retail investors between the ages of 25 and 40 have been spending millions of dollars on crypto trading every day. Uh, this seems to be, you know, Indian's parliament, you know, the Supreme Court struck down the Reserve Bank of India's ban. So the Indian government was talking about maybe making laws or some amendments to like formalize it and the codices because the Supreme Court didn't say that it was illegal to you know ban these things, just that uh, the Reserve Bank did not have the right to ban them. But now it looks like with the amount of people getting in this space, they're going to move to the other way, which is regulation and taxation, which is good. There's going to be some regulation. There's no way to get around that in this day and age. So the best thing they can do is try to get out ahead of it, regulate it, tax it, get their cut, and then the government's happy and the people are content, I guess. I don't know. 
Uh, two of India's largest crypto trading platforms, Binance acquired WazerX and CoinDCX, saw a significant increase in activity over the last six months. According to an earlier report, WazerX recorded a 125% increase in user signups in two quarters. The exchange has daily trading volume of between 19 and 26 million, with more than 85% of the transactions coming from Indian users. Now, in terms of transaction volumes, that is still surprising surprisingly and exceedingly low in my opinion but it's doubled in six months so that's an impressive amount of growth though it is kind of sad that india's indian citizens ability to buy crypto has been so limited for so long uh although it's kind of unclear right now how India is going to implement this tax law. Sources familiar with the matter claim that the country's tax man is already preparing to collect tax on gains made from Bitcoin, and notice may be sent out to investors if uh, something goes out of this, which I highly expect it will. They want their money. They want their cut. And then to wrap things off today, Ethereum's EIP-1559 or Ethereum Improvement Card protocol 1559 moving closer to its mainnet implementation uh so for those of you who don't know been living under a rock about a million ethereum have been locked into the ethereum 2.0 deposit contract i've got my partial one set up Woo! however while phase zero has finally launched there's still a pretty long road to go until the ethereum network will scale therefore the core developers continue to discuss a proposal that could help them in the short term which would be the aforementioned EEP 1559. Uh, it's one of the most promising and a little controversial. According to its conception, this proposal pr plans to change the fee mechanism in the Ethereum network. I mean, that alone is controversial. People don't like change. Currently, the network operates with a first price auction model in which the miners validate transactions and take a fee set by the user. The EIP 1559 proposes establishing a base fee so it can't go below this amount, and to burn a part of the Ethereum that would compose it, called a space fee. Uh, EEP would bring benefits to the network by making transaction fees easy to calculate and therefore benefiting smart contracts. The easier the calculation, the less has to be devoted to it, and the cheaper it is. Uh, reduce inflation in Ethereum and incentivize miners to be good actors. You know, mine everything, because you know you're guaranteed to get a base amount. Uh, improve safety and maximize revenue strategies. In addition, flexible block space would be an improvement for network users in periods of high congestion by reducing gas spikes. Uh, the developers have also specified that Ethereum burning could be implemented with alternative designs. I believe currently Cardano, when you send it and you do a transaction fee, most of it goes to the stake pool operator the node operator so they can distribute to their stake pool if they have that all set up or and then sorry not or but a small portion of that goes into a treasury which then can be accessed through voting to um, give out money as grants to improve the network something like that on ethereum be pretty nice and there could be even other options that haven't even been conceived yet but the biggest obstacle that eep seems to have is the possible manipulation of the base fee by miners however developers believe there are similar risks on this matter with the current mo uh, model so i like the idea it sets a base you cannot pay less than x amount 
That amount can be adjusted sometimes, but exactly when, how, when and how it's adjusted, I think needs to be really, really clear. But it is nice because then you as a miner know, okay, even if I take some of these low paying transactions, I'm still getting enough to do X, Y, and Z. And then the users don't have those situations where they pay less and they pay too little in gas fees and they end up with a transaction that's pending for, you know, months. But it is expected in the next few days that the readiness checklist on the GitHub page of EEP 1559 will be updated. Uh, they're going to be doing an implementation call, uh, going back and forth. Things seem to be moving, though, however, in the correct direction. But that will do it for the trending articles in the crypto news space. My name is John with Crypto Top 10, and let's take a look at the top 10 coins by market cap. Uh, looks like everything is in the red on the day, though by pretty slight amounts. The biggest loser, it looks like, is Polkadot, down 5.55%. It's still up almost 12% on the week. Uh, Litecoin's down 5%, still up 24% on the week. So even though we are looking at some pullback, I expect there to be another dip over the weekend, personally. Uh, everything is in a healthy state. It honestly really is. I'm really happy with how the market looks and all that fun stuff. I think you guys should be too. Biggest gainer on the day. Let's see what we got. NEM is up 21.53%. Bitcoin SV up 10%. I'm assuming that's because of this uh, Fox business thing that sparked a lot of interest into it. Good for him. Uh, biggest loser, only down 6.4 is NG Coin. Still up 7% on the week though, so even the biggest loser is still up compared to where it started. Not too shabby. But that will do it for me today. As always, if you made it to this point and you're not subscribed, hit the dang button, because I mean, honestly, why not? And da -da -da, is there anything else I should be thinking about? Hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm, oh, God, I got a new job. Well, I got a promotion, but it's a new job. I've got a small child. I'm working long hours, and I have a wife who is very stressed out mentally, so I apologize for the inconsistency with my uploads lately. I'm going to try to do better, but I'll be honest. That may or may not happen until the new year and things get, uh, settle down a little bit and this little guy starts sleeping for longer periods at a time. Which should probably start happening hopefully around the two or three month mark. Now look at him kicking around right now. What a cutie. But that will do it for me. 